You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome along to the OTI Podcast. Myself, Colin Kelly, as always, bringing you the show. A uh, little thing's changing over here over the next couple of weeks. Uh, Doug Moore's jumping aboard the show. The search has been on for the last number of weeks. It's probably gone on actually to the number of months at this point, but uh, while I was on my tours around the world in Australia and New Zealand, I was narrowing down the search for a, a co-host and uh, very happy to have Doug Moore abo- aboard the show. Uh, Doug, for listeners uh, who haven't been following him on Twitter, I have been plugging him to get you to go and follow him. It's at NFL. He's a fantasy writer for InsideThePylon.com as well as GridironExperts.com but welcome aboard Doug and uh, hopefully the first of many shows. Yeah can't wait man uh, this is uh, exciting like I, I think I, I think you stole that line from me first of many shows but yeah can't wait this is awesome. <laughs> yeah I like to do that it's always uh, if you hear a line that somebody else is using just steal it and uh, don't don't give them any credit for it but we were talking before the show and Doug did say that, so uh, I'll just say that I plagiarized him there. Obviously, <laughs> I mentioned you're writing for Inside the Pylon, Gridiron Experts. Anything else that some of the, the listeners listening should know about you uh, as we enter the uh, the Doug Moore era of OTI? <laughs> yes, yeah, so I, I've written for, for a couple different sites right now, uh, along with Gridiron Experts and Inside the Pylon. Uh, right now, I, I write uh, for uh, Scout dot com i write for their patriots website uh and i also write for uh, sb nation uh over at their packers blog as well so always trying to write always trying to uh you know get my foot in the door as many places as possible <laughs> and uh this is definitely one of them and uh you know i'm just always always on the on the prowl and always uh trying to get as much experience as possible so you can definitely find me in a lot of places and uh uh, hopefully to a, a computer or a smartphone near you. <laughs> yeah, so I mentioned just before that that there'll be changes coming to uh, OTI, one of them being Doug jumping aboard the show as my co-host. So we'll be doing, it's going to be uh, over the next few weeks, we'll be feeling our way into today. It's just going to be me and Doug, but we will be going back to my regu- regular regular schedule of uh, having guests on as well. So we'll have me and Doug and a guest on. So we'll be working through that today for a show, just the two of us and uh, getting to know each other a little bit more, feel each other out. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. So we're going to start off um, with those changes sweeping and you'll uh, know them as they come forward and stay tuned, obviously, to the at Overtime Ireland Twitter feed to find out more about all this stuff coming up. Um, starting the show... I've been plugging over the last few shows that have been recorded in advance. A lot of people are probably listening to some of the shows over the last couple of weeks and wondering, uh, maybe send column that's uh, a little bit out of date, but all the shows over the last five weeks were pre-recorded and I have been travelling around New Zealand, Australia, and now all the way back to Ireland, so uh, it's been quite a journey. Starting off those shows, I've been plugging sportstraveltours.com. They've linked up with us for the upcoming season. They cover uh, a wide range of sports, the NFL in particular, but they do cover Major League Baseball, NBA and so on. Obviously, the NBA coming to an end at this point of the year but if you're thinking about heading over to the state side or if you're living in the USA obviously wanting to get to an NFL game this season they're offering our listeners 10% off with the code OTI sportstraveltours.com it's sports travel for fans by fans and uh, a lot of great offers up there on the site so check them out and don't forget that code at checkout it's OTI for an extra 10% off so with all the shameless plugging out of the way, let's get into the uh, NFL talk, the part that we come here for, uh, the part that we want to enjoy. And uh, I guess the big news over the last couple of days has been uh, Sammy Watkins' foot. I guess we'll have to start there. The, he, had a, he had an operation on his foot this week. The foot injured uh, 
Well, actually, the operation was probably, it hasn't been disclosed, but probably in the last three weeks, uh, a small bone in his foot broken. But I think it's one to be a little bit more concerned about than people are talking about. There's a possibility it could have been a Jones fracture, something that uh, Des Bryant had last season and uh, Julian Edelman had something similar. And they can be quite uh, awkward to get the heel properly. Uh, your thoughts, are you concerned about uh, Watkins' foot heading towards the season? Yeah, I mean, so one, I think if if there's any silver lining, it happened now rather than the regular season. Yeah. Um, we've seen a lot of wide receivers actually, shockingly, deal with foot injuries. Um, you know, like you talked about, Des Bryant, Julian Edelman, uh, Devontae Parker, and Kevin White are a oh, couple true, others. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it can be tricky, really. And I think the biggest thing here is while it is before the season or even before training camp that the bills don't rush him back. Obviously the bills have not done a lot uh, this off season uh, really to add to their pass catching um, core. They added Charles clay last off season, uh, but behind Sammy Watkins, we're looking at maybe Robert Woods, Hobie Listenby, but nothing really on that level. So they got to be really careful because this could affect a lot of things. They could affect their passing game with also a Tyrod Taylor, assuming he does start for them. But I think this is the right time if, if obviously never wanted to see a player injured, but this is a better time, I think, than during the regular season. So if they let him heal properly and don't rush him back, I think he'll be fine for the regular season. Yeah, another thing that would concern you here is the fact that Watkins pretty much throughout his short NFL career has had a lot of injuries whether they're muscular uh, and so on and so forth but this one the bills have been so vague with it is another reason that I'm a bit concerned they've said it's a small fracture in his foot expecting to be back for week one but outside of that there has been uh, real no forthcoming details from them uh, obviously he finished last season very very strongly and you mentioned as well Tyrod Taylor they were starting to kind of get in sync the last three or four weeks of last season but again they didn't get any time last off season really because Tyrod Taylor wasn't really announced as a starter to just that last week before the week one so you were thinking this was an opportunity for them to you know bond a little bit get ready for the upcoming season but you know just uh, a little bit slower on the progression now and again you mentioned if Tyrod Taylor starts that's a real strange situation going on in Buffalo too at the quarterback position so we'll see what goes there but just uh, something to definitely keep an eye on moving forward uh, I've seen a few websites talking about you know his stock and fantasy drafts this upcoming season and uh, as well with Dynasty. Dynasty, I'm not uh, anyway concerned long-term with him, but if you're looking at uh, starting for the season, I think it's far too early at this point to tell. If it's something that he looks to be you know, available for Game 2 or Game 3 of the preseason, um, I think it'll be all guns blazing and into nfl drafts and fantasy drafts for him but if uh, if you're thinking about drafting now i think we're just we're far too far away but if it gets to the stage where he's 50 50 for week one we've seen last year with players like alshon jeffrey and mike evans when they come in you know not 100 percent. same with des bryant he held out a lot of players come in and they just weren't 100 percent conditioned correctly and uh, the injuries uh, held them out all season or most off the season so we'll see how uh, he gets going forward now for the next couple of weeks but hopefully we see him uh, on the field early in the nfl season the dust has settled as well on the draft it's something that i haven't got to talk about yet on the podcast because of all the traveling i've been doing so uh, the dust has uh, settled the rookies particularly in the off- offensive side of the ball that you're excited for heading into year one where they've landed and uh, how you think things are going to go for some of these guys yeah, no. So obviously, uh, if you're going to talk about rookies going into great situations on offense, you got to start with Ezekiel Elliott. I think this is arguably the best spot for him behind one of the best offensive lines. I was actually thinking about this on, on my way home. Um, we saw Darian Fadden come on 
actually, I would say probably about a little bit before the midway point of the season. And uh, he ended up, I think, top five in rushing yards. Yeah. Uh, and, and nobody really expected him to do much. He's always been, you know, a really good talent, sometimes inconsistent, injury prone. But uh, he did really well. So, you know, we see Ezekiel Elliott, obviously younger. He's a more complete player, I think. He, he's not only good, obviously, running the ball. He's great in pass protection as well. Um, this is an ideal spot for him behind that offensive line. Assuming that Tony Romo and Des Bryant, both coming off of surgeries in the offseason, are ready to go where they have their full offense, um, you know, ready on, on firing on all cylinders. I think this could be a really good year for him. I'd even say he could be a top five running back this year. Um, he's just in that really good spot. I think he's going to be used as a workhorse on th- on all three downs because of his pass production. Uh, I'm sorry, his pass protection, yep. and um, that's a really good spot for him. And I, I couldn't be higher on him than I already am. Um, if I'm talking about another rookie, uh, one that I don't think gets enough praise, I love Sterling Shepard over in New York because. We've seen for the past maybe two seasons, maybe season and a half, Odell Beckham Jr. has been that only guy for them uh, with Victor Cruz. He went down with that that horrible knee injury, and he just struggled to come back last season. He had that calf problem as well as coming back from the knee injury. And, you know, you saw Ruben Randall. You know, he didn't really have, uh, you know, that good of a season, especially as that number two guy. I think if you bring Stone Shepard in, who I think will win that number two spot before the season starts in a team that really doesn't even have an identity on in their running game with like seven different running backs. <sighs> and nobody, they don't know who's going to run the ball for them. Um, I think it's a really good spot for him. And uh, I don't think Victor Cruz is ever going to come back close to what he did uh, just because of the nature of the injury. He is getting older and just how long he's been out of the game. So I think Sterling Shepard's in a really good spot. I think he he's quickly ascending boards. I would say, you know, if we have to argue about it, I would say that he's up there with Treadwell and maybe Coleman in terms of, of rookie wide receivers. Yeah. So those are two I'd point out for, for offensive rookies in really good spots. Yeah, when you look at the, the two you mentioned, Treadwell and Coleman, you know, if you even throw Doxon into that as well, I think Shepard's situation is better because of the fact that he's with an established quarterback. I'm Teddy Bridgewater. I'm starting to win a little bit on my support of his. Cleveland, then you're looking at the situation there. We're not 100% sure who the quarterback's going to be. So when you're looking around those situations, I think Sterling Shepard, you know, he's obviously not going to see double coverage when you're looking at Odell Beckham Jr. on the other side and you mentioned Ruben Randall as well well I think if he comes in and has any interest in playing in the NFL I think Shepard will probably go further than he has I always think that Randall's issue has been as you know he doesn't want it enough to play in the NFL he's got there and he's survived on talent to this point so I just uh, I think Shepard as you mentioned a great situation I think they're going to throw the ball a lot Uh, I've seen a lot of talk this season about how last year and in previous years Eli Manning has thrown more in three wide receiver sets than any other quarterback in the league so they're going to spread it out again still don't think as you mentioned Cruz is going to come back I I wouldn't have high hopes for him this season but uh, Shepard I think will be that number two and then you mentioned the running back situation there's a lot of mixed possibilities in there there's nobody I'm very very excited about but I do think uh, the rookie there as well uh, Perkins I think he could be the guy that actually emerges the only thing that I think Shane Vereen will probably still take that pass catching role there but there's going to be a lot of targets for the running backs out of the backfield and uh, he's another player that I'm quite excited about in this class uh, if you're looking at players a little bit further down any any other uh, out of the wide receivers or uh, running backs that you're looking forward to seeing this year um yeah so i I would say that another wide receiver like you had said uh, i think uh you know treadwell coleman like i did bring up i think coleman's in a real good spot i think he's gonna be force fed that that uh you know the football especially with josh gordon nobody can really count on him for 2016 i you know is there a chance he comes back sure but i think that 
you know, if Robert Griffin III can even come back to even a percentage of what he was, maybe his rookie year, he he could have a really good year. I think Coleman's going to be that number one guy initially for them. I think he's the most talented guy for them as well. Um, you know, and, and then going into Treadwell, obviously, Stefan Diggs, I think he's not a number one guy, but I, I thought I, I saw a good comparison earlier this offseason. He could be like a 1B yeah. to a, a 1A. Yeah. So. I think Treadwell could be that 1A guy for them. Bridgewater, not really known for putting up huge stats, yeah. uh, more being an efficient, you know, uh, safe quarterback. So I think with him going into a dome uh, with the new stadium, and I think with, uh, you know, them still having Adrian Peterson, I think that it could bring his confidence a little more up because they have dealt with some wide receiver uh, lack of production, Cordell uh, Patterson, um, Charles Johnson, stuff like that. So, um, I definitely mentioned those. Um, maybe another one to keep an eye out for, I would say, is Jordan Howard in Chicago. Um, obviously, the the Bears did a lot to try and add to their running back core. They put a big offer in for C.J. Anderson. Um, they were definitely interested in Ezekiel Elliott, and they got Jordan Howard, not known for his you know his third down work. I don't think he's much of a receiver, but I think he could take some early down work from Jerry and Lankford because I think they're they're not maybe not 100 sure in him yet. And uh, I think he, you know when you look at Howard, I think he's one of the better runners in this class. So I, I would definitely say that you know looking at those situations, I think Howard. Uh, could definitely have some value as a rookie even if he's not that starter for them yeah it's funny it's kind of like I mentioned with Perkins you've mentioned Howard now it's more a situation of the rookies are going into such a muddled mess in the backfield that you think that they're possibly going to break through some of the situations around the league and I'm sure we'll talk about them on this show and over the next number of shows there's just some backfields and you look at you know Thomas Rawls and the hype around him at the end of last season then he gets injured and then they go and draft two running backs uh, coming up and you know there's a lot of people buzzing about precise up there so there's there's a lot of situations in the backfields and we'll get to talk with them Dixon or not Dixon sorry yeah you talk about Dixon in Baltimore and then Derek Henry and uh, DeMarco Murray down in Tennessee there's just so many muddled backfields so we'll decipher those through the offseason you mentioned as well just when we're on it Josh Gordon I think can't see any chance of him playing in 2016 at the rate it's going and to be honest I'm at the stage now where uh, unfortunately I don't think we'll we'll see him in the NFL again how do you feel on the the Josh Gordon situation he's not a player in dynasty leagues that I ever really had any stock in and I often try to acquire him in different leagues but uh, at the moment I'm glad that I, I never succeeded your thoughts on uh, Josh Gordon's NFL future yeah I mean it, it's it's really murky it's you know I, I don't know what to think right now obviously he you know Looked like he was having a good, you know, he was behaving well when he was on his suspension uh, last season. And, you know, then we get reports that he, I think he failed a drug test um, or something like those. And then, you know, he's been spending a lot of time with Johnny Menzel, who yeah, that's not, good. not exactly the best role model or, or, <laughs> or a friend to be around. Um, yeah, I mean, the Browns have, have said from the start they're not counting on Josh Gordon, which I think is the best way to go, um, you know. And I, I, I don't know that he actually does play again in the NFL. Obviously very talented. I think, you know, if he was on the field, no issues, no injuries, top five receiver talent-wise. Yeah. Yeah. And we've seen him do that, even with a bad QB situation, yeah. when I think Brian Hoyer was throwing to him. So I, I, I wish he could play, but unless he changes things around and, and obviously gets a, a better a better uh, friend and role model than, than Johnny Menzel. Uh, I, I, I'm not counting on him to ever play again, like you had said. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's just a, 
unfortunate situation I think as well if he did ever get reinstated say in September maybe the Browns will keep him this year but I think if they got the opportunity I don't think anyone will trade for him because of the situation around him but I think with the way they're trying to develop uh, and you know build a roster now with the draft picks they've made at wide receiver and all the other draft picks they've used this year they've traded away a lot of veterans cut a lot of veterans I think uh, you know it'll be the right move for them probably to try and move on from him and I I unfortunately I just can't see him playing and with all the talent in the world that he has as you mentioned um the veterans was a lot of veterans in this draft as well that some veterans probably you know if you're looking at Sam Bradford uh, didn't go too well for him in the long term but if you're looking at other veterans around different teams uh, veterans that actually had a, a successful draft maybe we call them the, the winners off this 2016 draft uh, because players didn't come in in the positions maybe we thought they would yeah definitely there there's definitely some uh, you know, veterans that, you know, by their teams, not really going after their position to try and improve, um, definitely think that they could uh, be called winners out of this. Um, one guy I keep thinking of, LeGarrette Blunt in New England. Yeah. They didn't add they didn't add any running backs in the draft, and they only added Donald Brown, and then they obviously brought him back. I think he's locked in as that number, uh, you know, that number one guy on early downs. Um, you could say the same thing for Deion Lewis. Deion Lewis was really good to start the season, yeah. had the ACL injury, but they, like I said, they only really added, you know, Donald Brown. They added DJ Foster, but he's more of a wide receiver now as he played his last year in Arizona State. Um, so I think both those guys can be considered winners. They didn't add any running backs when, including myself, thought that they really did need um, some some running back help, especially just thinking off the top of my head. I would say maybe Matt Forte, another one. Not really so much that he was a big concern, but um, you know, seeing that you know he is getting older, he signed a decent contract with them. They did add some running back talent. Um, I would say that you know, especially with that QB situation, however that goes, I would say that that could really help him if they get Fitzpatrick back, whether or not. Um, so stuff like that. Um, I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Um, just on the the topic, you know, you mentioned in New England with the the running backs. This is an, it's another model backfield there in a strange situation. You would imagine, as you mentioned, uh, Legarrette Blunt locked in in those you know first and second downs, and then obviously as well in the goal line situation. But just with uh, you know a lot of people last season and in the off season spent a lot of you know draft capital and so on in dynasty leagues, players etc. Uh, on Dion Lewis coming back off the injury again, another situation. And the Patriots are always quiet about any injuries or any situations, but. It's a, it's just a, another situation at running back where it is un, uh, unconfirmed as to what the roles will be. But the two of those guys, I think they dodged a the bullet. I think if they had a, drafted somebody a little bit higher up, they would have been in a, in a situation. When we uh, look through some of the players that might have been winners, you know, Ryan Matthews, I think, uh, in Philadelphia would be somebody that I would pick out. You know, there's not been... There has been running backs come in in the draft, but I think he should be that uh, first and second down running back. But my problem always with uh, Ryan Matthews is how many first and second downs can he take before he uh, turns to dust? Mm. Yeah, so I, I would, uh, I would, if I'm bringing up another running back, um, Eddie Lacy, mm-hmm. Eddie Lacy in Green Bay, obviously came into last season a lot of expectations. Uh, you know, I even thought at one point he'd be that number one overall pick for some players or for some drafts. Uh, then just has a horrible season, dealt with conditioning issues, injury his, uh, uh, problems as well, you know, and then, you know, a big question going into his offseason, can he turn it around? Can he get healthy? Can he, you know, slim down? And it looks like he did so far. And then they didn't go and add any running backs besides um, besides re-sign James Sarks. So 
I would say that that's a really big win for him. I, I think if they weren't confident in him, they would have gone after maybe trying to get a little more running back talent in the draft, and they didn't. So that might be you know a, a sign of them having faith in, in A. Lacey as well. But yeah, Ryan Matthews, them only adding Wendell Smallwood, really says more about Darren Sproles than anything because Smallwood is a really good receiver yeah. um, out of the backfield as opposed to a runner uh, like more like Matthews is. So I would say Matthews is definitely a winner as well. Yeah, and it also looks like uh, they're trying to field offers for Sproles down in Philadelphia, so we'll watch that as it develops in the next couple of weeks. And another player, maybe not even so much through the draft, but just through the offseason and the news coming out of San Diego in general, Danny Woodhead, a very, very much veteran uh, running back at this stage and uh, very well known for his pass catching ability out of the backfield. He had a, a nice year last year, even though there was a lot of that down to all the injuries that happened in San Diego and Melvin Gordon's lack of production, but uh, I think Danny Woodhead, you could probably tag into that as well uh, moving on to the next topic we have we have fantasy trust or bust and it's going to be do you trust this player heading into the 2016 season or do you just think that he's going to wash out and be a bust in the nfl and i mentioned there melvin garden the talk coming out of the microfracture surgery that he had uh, over the off season and his recovery ahead of the 2016 season is he somebody that you're going to start to buy into now do you think is uh, you know after he dra- was drafted last year there's some hype around him it's faded enough to the, the point where you would still be interested in acquiring him whether it's in dynasty or drafting him this year and redraft and again do you think uh, it's that or do you think that he's just gonna be a bust in the nfl yeah i i I was really high on on Gordon when he was, you know, when the Chargers trade up to grab him in the yeah. first round last season. Yeah. Um, but the problem is, is along with how I think poorly he did, didn't score any touchdowns. I think he had below four yards per carry. Yeah. Um, and then the news that came out a, a week or two ago, he had microfracture surgery on his knee. Microfracture is not, you know, simple surgery. It's not arthroscopic. It's not, you know, somewhere where you're just going in and cleaning up something. Uh, it, it sounds like a pretty serious issue with his knee. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, they're going to definitely look at Danny Woodhead a lot. He did really well for them down the stretch, and, and we saw that in fantasy where he just could be relied on not only the passing game and, and you know, running when needed to. Plus, they added to their passing core. I think, you know, with Keenan Allen back at that number one spot, they uh, they signed Travis Benjamin long-term, Stevie Johnson at number three, bringing back Antonio Gates, drafting a tight end in Hunter Henry in the second round. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, again, not adding really any, any running back talent. While that may help him, um, I think it's also trying to save face after they trade up to grab a running back in the first round last year. And uh, just with that knee issue and, and how poorly he played his rookie year i'm not buying him in at least 2016 but you know could he have a good year maybe but i'm gonna i'm gonna remain optimistically or i guess skeptical actually not optimistic but i'm gonna be skeptical and, and keep away from him if i can yeah i think i'm gonna be in the same boat with you as i mentioned as well when you have somebody like danny woodhead who you'll probably get you know probably five or six rounds later in drafts uh you know in redraft this year and get for a lot less uh, if you're trying to acquire him in dynasty i just think no touchdowns last year finished the league with 641 yards three and a half per average and uh, just with all the opportunity he was given but i do think if you look at the the line maybe if you're looking for causes for optimism the line in san diego has been pretty much a mess uh, nobody's had more offensive linemen shuffle through there over the last five or six years than san diego so we'll see how he does we'll see if there's a bounce back season but he's not somebody that even on the cheap that i'm looking to acquire 
we'll see how the knee injury goes too but uh, not looking positive uh, I don't think going forward you mentioned no running backs drafted uh, you know to come in and try and give him competition so they're going to give him every chance to, to keep that role and uh, to see if he can expand on it but uh, it's going to be interesting to see this season in San Diego I think it's going to be very very pass heavy for 2016 uh, Nelson Aguilar down in Philadelphia had a I don't know if you could even call it a mixed season last year. I was very disappointed. I was high on him coming out. and uh, But again, the the offense in general, we know the situation with Murray. He had a, a terrible season to Marco Murray. Ryan Matthews, probably uh, one of the players down there who saved face last year. Jordan Matthews, although he finished with pretty decent statistics over the season, uh, there were a lot of them put up in garbage time. And when the when the time was to, to make the big plays, he didn't make them. And if you just look the whole way around uh, the team last year in Philadelphia, it didn't go too well. So do you think with the new coach in there, um, do you think there's a chance that we see uh, a big step forward here from Aguilar? Yeah, so it's funny because when you look at the, the, the coaching scheme when you had last year, Chip Kelly plays you know does a lot of offensive plays you know throws a lot so he's going to more i would think a more conservative offense uh, the team at least with with um frank reich in there as their offensive coordinator doug peterson as their their um as their head coach now so i think you're going to lose some tempo there but yeah uh, nesna Aguilar picked uh you know in the first round last year another first round pick in, in the nfl draft did not uh, do well in fantasy. Yeah, first uh, round didn't go good last year. <laughs> no, no. So when you, uh, you know, besides Todd Gurley, of course. Um, yeah. So when you when you look at, you're going to see, I don't think as many plays happening, um, but I think that Jordan Matthews is definitely locked in as that number one guy. Um, and I think another thing is is that the, the Eagles, I think, signed both Zach Ertz and Brent Selleck to extensions. They're going to they're gonna do a lot of, uh, I think, passing to their tight ends. Um, Aguilar, I don't think he can go anywhere but up, just considering how bad he did. I think his his uh, rookie season compared to, to what we had for expectations. Uh, but it's hard to have faith in him when you have Sam Bradford, who, yes, he, he did pretty well the second half of last season. But consistently, I don't think you can trust him either. So, yeah, could I see him as a, as a wide receiver four with some upside? Sure, but I'm not going to... I'm not going to all of a sudden buy a complete turnaround from him in year two. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. And, you know, another player that's looking for a bounce back in that offense, I don't have him on this list, but it's Jordan Matthews. Again, I mentioned he had a pretty statistically okay season last year, but a lot of it, as I said, in garbage time. And we'll see how the offense evolves under Peterson. You know, I think we could see a lot of the, the kind of scheme that came over from Kansas City in this one. And we could see maybe Matthews on the outside uh, taking the role of... Um, Jeremy Macklin and then you know you mentioned the tight ends we'll see a lot of play to tight ends I'd imagine I think we'll see a heavy dose of the run game that's why I was surprised in the draft that they didn't add more running backs because I think uh, we'll see them going heavy on the run and I don't think they have a lot of faith in Sam Bradford obviously taking a quarterback uh, so high in the draft so we'll see how it all goes there but uh, two players so far that we don't really see bouncing back. One player who didn't really get involved that much in the offense last year is uh, Philip Dorsett. He was taken in the first round as well by the Colts. A lot of people questioned it at the time because you know, they had a, a good wide receiving core and people thought then that it was a case that they had drafted him to replace T.Y. Hilton when his rookie contract expired. Turns out they signed him to an extension, so that changed as well. So uh, Andrew Luck had a down year as well, then finished the year injured. But Dorsett, injuries and just uh, not a lot of time on the field last season. Season. How do you see him going? He's won last season in particular a very, very heavy favorite, favorite of the dynasty community. Yeah, so I think a lot of it's going to hinge, obviously, on the quarterback. Can Andrew Luck stay healthy? So that's going to be a big thing because obviously Andrew Luck missed some time last season um, with the the. Uh, I think it was a 
a rib slash I think he hurt an organ inside. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And yet Matt Hasselback, who not not saying he didn't do well, but I think it's a big drop off in talent compared to to Luck Definitely. and I think another thing to keep in mind with the the Indianapolis offense, um, they didn't add any running backs, and the only running back they have is Frank Gore, <laughs> who who old man Frank. Yeah, so so Frank, <laughs> I think is he's obviously um, older. He's up there in age. And they really didn't use him a lot in the beginning of the season to try and keep him fresh for the end of it. So I don't think he can go a full season where he got 15 to 20 touches a game consistently and, and stay healthy. So I think they're going to be relying on their, their passing offense a lot, obviously, with Andrew Luck in there. And their defense, obviously, not that good. So I imagine they'll be playing from behind a good amount. Um, so I actually like Dorsett. I think he'll fit in nicely at that number three guy um, on – you know, in in the wide receiver sets yep. uh, um, as a deep threat. I don't know if he's a number three guy on offense because I think uh, Dwayne Allen, who was signed a big money this offseason, with Kobe Fleener gone, I think he gets a bigger role. So Dorsett, it's going to be hard to see him put up consistent numbers because he is a deep threat and he's going to be, you know, I'm not saying he's he's like him, but a Mike Wallace, a Torrey Smith, yep. it takes one play, or maybe even a Ted Ginn. It takes one big play for them to do really well, but can you rely on it consistently? But I think it doesn't hurt when you have one of the best young quarterbacks in the league throwing. So, uh, yeah, I would say if you can get him cheaply, I would definitely, if, assuming he is healed fully from his leg injury last season. Yeah, I did call this segment Truster Bust, but I think, you know, if we're talking about Philip Dorsett for the, the 2016 season, I think it could be Boomer Bust because, as you mentioned, you're going to need those big plays on a consistent, like, you know, well, it's not going to be on a consistent basis, basis, but if you want him to have a, a big week, it's going to be from those big plays because Moncrief in front of him and as well T.Y. Hilton, there's just a lot of mice to feed at this moment in time. But again, injuries and so on can really shake that up. And if some one of those two wide receivers in front of him get hurt, uh, he steps into a big spot there and then. Uh, This season, there are some players that we think that there might be a slim chance or there is some chance that they'll bounce back. Breakouts for 2016, players that you're excited about who maybe had a slow year last year that you do expect to have a a big season this year. Yeah, definitely. So I I think there's definitely going to be a good amount of players I think one player that we saw have some good good games, I think the first week he had a really good game and then he dropped off a little bit um, just because he was still trying to get chemistry with his his, um, his rookie quarterback. That's Austin Severian Jenkins in Tampa Bay. Um, obviously a very talented tight end. I think he's a third-year tight end out of, uh, out of uh, Washington. Um, I think another season uh, or another offseason just working with him, uh, with uh, Jameis Winston, is going to do a lot of things for him yep. simply because, um, you know, it's building chemistry. And I think he's going to settle in nicely as that number three guy for them, maybe even the number two guy behind uh, Mike Evans and Vincent Jackson, maybe even ahead of Vincent Jackson. Yep. But I think it's a, especially at a position that's so volatile that we don't know what's going to happen. We didn't expect Jordan Reed to do as well as we did, as he did last season. Gary Barnes to do as well as he did last, off, uh, last season. How you know, how poorly we saw, you know, players like Eric Ebron do, how Jordan Cameron did. It's such a crazy position that we don't know. I think uh, he is on the rise in terms of where he is because I think, you know, Dirk Cutter, obviously an offensive uh, a guy. He was the offensive coordinator for the team, and now he's the head coach for them. And I, I think that offense is on the rise. You know, they're trying to improve their offensive line. They re-signed Doug Martin, and they just have their wide receivers, and, and James Winston has another year under his belt. Another second-year guy, I would say, Doriel Green-Beckham. Mm, yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, another guy playing uh, behind, uh, you know, a, a rookie quarterback. Yep. Um, 
he had to step up as that number one guy when Kendall Wright wasn't doing well, and Justin Hunter obviously dealt with, uh, I think, some injuries. Um, obviously, they added to their wide receiver core. They added Rashad um, Matthews, and uh, I think they drafted another yeah, wide Ty receiver. Ty Sharp. Yep, Tajay Sharp out of UMass, right where I am. Um, so I think that Doyle Greenback, talent was never an issue. It was it was off the field issues. You know he he you know I think he was a top three, maybe top five wide receiver in the class that he was picked out of. Yeah. And you know he's drafted in the second round. He had some issues in college, and I think you know if he can stay off you know off the field you know doing well and not having any issues, then uh, he could have another good season. You know just getting another. Uh, good rapport with with uh, uh, Marcus Mariota, and uh, obviously they're going to be looking to get an identity on offense. Um, and I think DGB, as we call him, could uh, could have a breakout year as well. Yeah, I definitely think you're uh, onto something there. He's a player that I own in a number of dynasty leagues. Off the field has always been the concern. Fell in the draft last year, but you know he's still a very raw player. But all signs considered, this off season he seems to be really working hard at improving his game. So that's obviously something that you want to see from a young player. And I think you know it's just as measurables and so on um, I think there's no no limit on what he can do in the NFL so that's an interesting one to watch this season you mentioned uh, Safarian Jenkins as well he started the season quite well last year and I think he's someone to watch this year you know it's a growing offense and you mentioned Vincent Jackson you know he's starting to get up there in years and there's a, a lot of a lot of targets I think that's going to be shared around in that offense outside of Mike Evans so uh, I think you're on to something there somebody I think it might be a little bit of a you know a cheat note on my part but uh, Kevin White didn't get any action in the NFL last year and I think he's somebody who's in for a big big year this year across from Alshon Jeffrey uh, you know I think he's going to get a lot of single coverage and you know I think later on in the season uh, they might want to shift that a little bit his way but against a you know across from a player like Jeffrey uh, it's, uh, it's going to open things up for him. Another player I think there's going to be a lot from this season, and it's Duke Johnson uh, up in Cleveland. Um, you know, we talked earlier about them, the wide receiver situation, but I think there's going to be a lot of games this season where they are behind yet again. I think there's going to be a lot of times that he's going to be on the field as a third down back uh, and, and, and kind of catch up situations and then hurry up offenses. So I think he could be a, a running back this year who could, you know, catch uh, 70 balls, maybe even higher than that. So if you're playing in PPR, I think he's somebody who you really need to be looking at. He's a player I liked last year, and I think uh, this season's going to be a big, big year for him in 2016. Uh, some camp battles, maybe we mentioned, I mentioned earlier some of the running back situations. There's going to be a lot of camp battles at running back. Is there any of those in particular you're interested in seeing what happens? And uh, any even at the wide receiver, maybe tight end position going forward? Yeah, yeah. So uh, obviously when we think about you know running back battles, we're going to look at Seattle with, with CJ Procise versus Thomas Rawls. Um, I don't think D- David Johnson has any competition. They obviously brought back Chris Johnson. They brought back Andre Ellington. Um, I'd be interested to see Jay Ajazi in, um, Miami. in a Kenyon Drake. Yep. They spent a third-round pick on him. Another team like Chicago looking to add running back depth. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how much they try to use him because uh, I believe they actually trade into the third round or it was somebody else to get him. I think it was actually a wide receiver. But they drafted him in the third round. Um and, and again, they went after. I believe they actually had the winning bid on C.J. Anderson until Denver yeah, uh, matched it. Yeah, yeah. But bringing up Denver, I actually wrote about him earlier in the offseason. Devontae Booker. I think he's a terrific. Uh, he's in a terrific spot, um, and I think he could really compete with Ronnie Hillman to be that number two guy immediately. Yeah. Uh, Ronnie Hillman was only brought back on a one-year, two million dollar contract. Nothing fancy here, um, and he struggled at times just like Anderson did 
Anderson came on late in the, pro, uh, in the postseason. Obviously, helped them win a, uh, a world, uh, not a World Series, a Super. Bowl. <laughs> and um, you know, so that'll be interesting to see. I think that he's a very talented player. So if he's be able to get number two role behind uh, C.J. Anderson, who's you know we all thought was going to do really well last season and then struggled. Um, you know, they, they've shown you know Denver's known to, to switch up running backs. No Sean Moreno, Ronnie Hillman, yep. C.J. Anderson. So if they have to switch again, I don't think they'd be afraid to on a third-round uh, pick like Devontae Booker, who's able to, to handle a, a large uh, amount of carries. Um, I would say another one, Houston. Not their running backs, but their wide receivers. Yeah. Who's going to be that number two wide receiver for them? Who's going to be that number two guy? They drafted both Will Fuller in the first round and then Braxton Miller as well. Uh, you know, Will Fuller, obviously very fast. He's, he can get behind a defense really quickly. Struggled with uh, his hands. Can he catch? Can he, you know, catch the ball? And not drop it all the time. And uh, obviously, he's a, a what we call a one-trick pony. So it'll be uh, interesting to see if if they catch on quickly and, and shut him down. Braxton Miller, obviously a um, you know a quarterback converted to a wide receiver, had a really good season, I think, at Ohio State. He was even talked about at one point as a late first-round pick, and then he went in the third round. So it'll be interesting because I think he's a really dynamic player who's still learning the the position, and uh, that I think that position is wide open. Uh, with Arian Foster not there anymore, and and just there's no tight ends really to talk about. So behind DeAndre Hopkins and maybe Lamar Miller, um, who's that number three guy in that offense? Where they just spent 18 million dollars on to get Brock Osweiler for, <laughs> before you, they're going to obviously want to use him. So who's going to be that number three guy? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Receiver. So those are some guys I would mention. Yeah, you mentioned uh, down in Miami as well, Ajay and Drake. Well, you know the situation is well documented last season in the draft process with Ajay's knee and how you know there's a huge concern about that going forward. So it is a, a really interesting situation there with Drake, and we'll see how that goes. Uh, you know, if you're looking around, it's mostly running back situations I'm interested in seeing. You know, I'm looking to see. I think Kenneth Dixon. There's a possibility that he comes in, and uh, I could see uh, him winning that job down there. Matt Jones. I'm not a big fan of his, but he's in Washington. Washington needs the lead back as things stand. I'm, I'm interested to see can somebody come in and challenge him there. DeMarco Murray I mentioned earlier as well. I think with the money they've given him, he's definitely going to start this season. But just going forward, I don't know how successful he's going to be with the you know the way uh, Derek Henry's come in there as well. I think that could be a very very close run situation later in the season. And uh, Detroit's another one I'm interested in seeing. Amir Abdullah didn't uh, blow me away last season. I think uh, you know we'll see what happens. I think Theo Reddick could catch into more of the ball there and the last one I'm going to mention when we are talking about it is uh, Buffalo LaShawn McCoy had his issues earlier in the offseason looks like he's going to be fine from a law point of view but the NFL may still act on that there you may get a one or two game ban we'll see what happens going forward but uh, I was very impressed last year by Carlos Williams I watched him throughout the whole offseason I got a kind of a, a bit of word from a, a beat writer in Buffalo Chris Trapasso last season about him and kept a very close eye and uh, I think there's a real possibility that he could end up being the starter whether it's at the start of the season because of that suspension or as the season goes on so mostly running back situations at the minute and uh, as the dust settles in the next couple of weeks and OTAs we'll start to see more battles coming in at the wide receiver position but uh, lots of stuff to look forward to this coming season um, any players at the moment you know injured at the moment injured last season that you're in, interested in seeing how they have recovered as OTAs progress or uh, players you know that are injured at the moment you're just concerned about for this season yeah so I think a guy obviously we're concerned about is Sammy Watkins like we yeah. talked about yeah I think I think he'll be fine if he's not rushed um but I, I would say a couple other wide receivers that actually dealt with foot injuries themselves. Um, Julian Edelman, 
Yeah. Uh, they said he had a second operation on his foot this off season. Um, so, but Edelman, uh, you know, I, I I know the situation here pretty well, uh, just with you know being a, a Patriots guy. Yeah. Um, so I, I think he'll be fine. Um, but another guy I, I would talk about, Des Bryant. Um, you know, he 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 hurt his foot. We talked about him earlier. Hurt his foot. I think it was week one. Yeah. Didn't come back for like eight nine weeks, and then he was out again yep. after he had foot and ankle surgery in the off season. Um, clearly he was rushed back and it's concerning, uh, to see that, but hopefully, especially cause he didn't attend all of training camp because he was holding out. Yeah. I don't know if he was holding out, but he didn't show up and that could have led to it, especially like you talked about not showing up, holding out through, and then not being conditioned properly. Yeah. Um, that could definitely be a situation to watch out because if Des Bryant's down or he's hurt, no matter how much we, we saw it, you know, if he's hurt, he's not going to do well. Um, but also considering he also dealt with the worst quarterback situation in football, arguably with uh, nobody <laughs> anything behind uh, Tony Romo when he got hurt. Another guy to think about: Tony Romo broke his collarbone yeah, twice. going to take him up yeah. in season. So it'll be interesting to see if he's healthy. That helps Des a lot. That helps that offense a lot. And who knows who else is going to step up there besides Ezekiel Elliott and Des Bryant? Because there's no wide receivers really to talk about. And I think Jason Witten is not the fantasy guy we used to think of him as when he was catching 100 passes a season. Still reliable, but um, it'll be interesting to see if somebody steps up at Devon Street maybe. But uh, talking strictly injuries, definitely um, Tony Romo, Des Bryant to to think about. Um, I would also be curious to see if Arian Foster, where he signs, how he does. He's obviously an injury play guy, but obviously like he, uh, you know, like we've seen when he's healthy. What is he? What is he going to do? What's he going to do? And that's going to depend on where he lands up. Is it Miami? Is it New England? Where people are saying he's going to go? Who knows? Um, that's that, definitely Indianapolis or Indianapolis <laughs> too. Yeah, exactly. I think so, that makes the most sense uh, based on we talked about Gore and there've been basically nothing behind and he's going to want to be on a team that he thinks can win and I guess with Andrew Luck they'll, he'll he'll have that confidence. It'll be an end division rival from where he was previously, but I think that'll be a good situation for him. But when you're talking about him, the players like. He was one of the players I was going to mention, and then you have players like Jamal Charles, and obviously uh, I'm a Green Bay Packers fan, and looking at Jordy Nelson, they're all expected to be back to play this season, but coming off any of those injuries, you want to see if they have still have that explosiveness, explosiveness, like Nelson's getting, the three of those guys actually in particular are getting older, and you know you start to slow down in general anyway, but coming off any uh, ligament damage, tendon injuries, you're going to slow down, and a lot of people forget just that these are serious injuries that players have got. Whether you have twelve months, whether you have six months to recover from them, it can be. It's not a cert that they're going to come back and be as good as they were before. So I'm always interested to see if they still have that explosiveness, be able to cut and so on. Not everyone's Adrian Peterson. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely a good point. You know, we 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 see players get hurt, and then we see these timelines. It's like, all right, well, it's been nine months. Yeah. Why aren't they back yet? And we, for, you know, sometimes we forget in the heat of the moment. They're people, too. They may be athletes in, in, in tip-top shape, but often, you know, it's not always goes as planned, or at least it's not going to go right to a T. So. But obviously, another guy we didn't even talk about, Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> MCL, you know, he was supposed to be that guy. He was supposed to be the number one guy in fantasy as yeah. well. Um, and, and people still treat him like it. He's being drafted in the first round and, and all that. And obviously with, with that offense, they added some new pieces. They added Martellus uh, – I'm sorry, um, Ladarius Green. Yeah. And um, they lost Martavis Bryant for the season. Uh, so it would be interesting to see because if, if Le'Veon Bell comes back, obviously with the emergence of, of D'Angelo Williams, 
Uh, I don't think Williams will be much of a, a concern to him, but if Le'Veon Bell comes back healthy, he's, I think, a number one running back uh, for sure in any format. So obviously seeing how he progresses as well will be uh, something interesting. But Jamal Charles, too, with, with Charkandrick West stepping up and, yeah. and stuff like that, and obviously him coming off another season-ending injury like he did. So It's always uh, it's always interesting. I find when you try and pick out somebody, you don't wanna, you're thinking of trying to find this guy that's under the radar, and all of a sudden we've both left out Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> so somebody who's definitely going to be a first-round pick this year. But he is somebody, over the last four or five weeks, I've become quite concerned about going into this season because it's just it's not your everyday uh, you know ACL injury it is more and more severe uh, and we'll see how he goes coming into it but it's uh, it's going I always like to see players coming back getting to that 100% again and seeing how they can do but a lot of these players are going to be you know the the end of pre-season or starting the season and then you're starting to get into that thing where I said before people just think that they're it's a computer game character and you're going to slot them in they're going to be perfect but what does happen is you don't have that full condition and then a lot of players you see that keep re- recurring injuries over time so we'll see how they do um we're going to just do one quick segment we're going to run through some quarterbacks before we finish up and uh we're going to look at andrew luck we mentioned earlier uh, joe philbin has gone on there as the offensive coordinator uh former miami head coach i don't think he suited the head coach and role i think this is more his style of thing and we'll see if they can make that offensive line better because it has been uh you know luck's just been battered since he came into the league and there's a real chance that if they don't help him soon that he's going to be just too banged up to, to ever realize that full potential his outlook for this upcoming season you still a, a, an andrew luck believer i certainly still fall into that category would you would you agree with that yeah, so just one thing real quick. Uh, Joe Philbin is the uh, offensive line coach. Yeah. Frank Chudzinski is the new uh, offensive coordinator. Oh, did I say offensive? Sorry, I meant. Yeah, so, no, no, not a <laughs> So it, it, obviously you talk about the offensive line next, yeah. so obviously he'll play a part into that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think if Andrew Luck can come back, they they, off, they they add a good piece. I think their tackles are actually pretty good with Consanzo and uh, Jonathan Newsom, yeah. I believe is their other tackle. They added Ryan Kelly in the first round, yeah, a really yeah. good uh, you know center, who I think he was arguably one of the safest uh, players in this draft, so it would be interesting to see. Didn't improve the running game, didn't need to improve the wide receiver game, they kept Dwayne Allen, so I think if Andrew Luck is healthy, he'll be fine. I think he'll be absolutely fine. I think, you know, unfortunately, there are still, you know, like I said, uh, you could add to the offensive line, you could add a target in, you know, in the running game where they can catch the ball, but you know, you're going to see him he- heavily relied on, regardless of, of, of who they have on the field, how many running backs, or, or whatever the case may be. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not gonna say I'm gonna go crazy for him and take him as my, you know, in the second round or anything like that. But uh, yeah, I think he can have a good bounce back year considering just how bad it was you know, last year. Yeah, that's my problem always with Luck. I, I rate him very highly, but I'm never going to take him in a draft because he's going to be long, long before I go uh, for a quarterback. Next up, uh, the Broncos. San, uh, Sanchez has had a thumb ligament injury he's had surgery on it he's going to miss uh, the next couple of weeks until it recovers Paxton Lynch obviously drafted late in the first round for them this year gives him a little bit of extra time uh, with reps and so on do you think we could see Paxton Lynch earlier than people would have expected definitely definitely um so I, I guess the silver lining for Mark Sanchez, the ligament uh, in his thumb, the thumb that he actually hurt was his non-throwing yeah. hand. Yep. So that, that's, I guess, the one silver lining out of it. But uh, I, I I think this is a terrific spot for Paxton Lynch. you got an improving offensive line where they added Russell Kuhn, Donald Stevenson. Um, they have that run game, C.J. Anderson, Devontae Booker, even Ronnie Hillman. They have their wide receivers, obviously Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, this is obviously, and they got a terrific defense. Yeah. They're the reigning Super Bowl champions. They had the best defense in football. 
So I think it's a really good spot for him. And I think definitely when your competition is Mark Sanchez, who they acquired for a conditional seventh-round pick, yeah. um, it doesn't exactly quiver make me quiver in my boots that uh, you know he, he's going to run away with this job. So I could definitely see Paxton Lynch um, pulling a Blake Bortles, playing a, De- uh, a Derek Carr where, no, he's not going to play this year. He's not going to start. But then come week one, he's yeah. named that starter. So I think if he is... I like him better than Jared Goff. I like him better than Carson Wentz this year. Yeah. One, because I don't think Carson Wentz is going to play at all this year. And also because Jared Goff is playing behind in an offense where they really don't have any wide receivers and they don't have any tight ends to throw to and still an improving offensive line. So uh, I love where where uh, Paxton Lynch is, and I love uh, you know just the playmakers around him and that he's only fighting – Mark Sanchez, which I'm not too concerned so. Yeah, so uh, I think there's a good chance that he could start week one. I think probably for him and his future, it's probably better that he doesn't start week one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just for his development, I always think it is better when a quarterback is afforded to sit for a year or so and develop. But, uh, mm-hmm. again, uh, we'll see what happens there. I think with, uh, you know, Elway being there, I think they'll probably handle it in the right situation. I think he mightn't start this season, but... We'll see how it goes. A lot of teams have tried that and uh, haven't gone through with it. Next up, Kaepernick and Gabbard at the 49ers. Uh, Ga- Kaepernick, I don't know how this is going to go, but Kaepernick is uh, a player I just think that they don't want to have around. And um, I actually traded him this week for a third-round pick in Dynasty, a 2017 third-round pick, to the player who owned Gabbard. So I don't think you're going to have a good situation either way with the 49ers quarterback that you end up with. But uh, Kaepernick or Gabbard, who would you be going with in San Francisco? Oh, geez, that's like... Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would say I would probably have to go with Kaepernick just because, uh, I mean, at his best, we've seen him actually do really well, yeah. but that was only a very small sample size. Um, we've seen pictures of him. Obviously, he, he doesn't look as ripped as he used to be as as, as uh, built, so that's a concern. Also coming off multiple surgeries this offseason. Yeah. Surgery, I believe he had knee surgery as well. That's another thing. He hasn't even been cleared yet to on the field. Um, but I don't... I think Kaepernick will get the job just because they have so much money tied into him. And also I think Chip Kelly likes him better. Um, but obviously this situation, I don't think either one want to be in. I think that they want the 49ers want another quarterback in there, a rookie maybe, or maybe a veteran or whatever the case may be. And I think Kaepernick wanted a new start somewhere else. So um, it would be interesting. Part of the problem is they didn't add anybody. They didn't yeah. add any wide receivers. They didn't add any tight ends. They didn't add any running backs really. So besides Torrey Smith, you got nobody on offense uh, for wide receivers. You have Vance McDonald, which take it for what it is. I actually took probably him probably throwing Carlos Hyde. Yeah. So and then you got Carlos Hyde, who you know is coming off you know foot injury. He missed a lot of games and only had one good week, maybe two good weeks. So either one I don't like because their situation, even with Chip Kelly there, they have no playmakers. That's no. the problem, and their offensive line is still improving. Not done yet, not by any means, but it's, you know, there's just nothing around them regardless of who starts. So that's going to be something I'm going to try and stay away from. Yeah, I think there's a real possibility that the 49ers end up with that uh, first overall pick in next year's draft, but we'll see. I've been wrong before. I probably could be wrong again. Um, just uh, that there's really all the topics for today's show we've run through them it's been the first show with Doug on I think it's gone pretty well um, we've, we've started off probably a little bit more speed and uh, we've calmed down as we've gone through it I've got to admit I've started to uh, get very tired as we were going through it um, but a jet lag I think kicking in it's now oh, yeah. hitting into 12am uh, here in Ireland and uh, over the last uh, three days I had three flights uh, accumulating to around 40 hours of flight time and then between travel time and so on so I think I'll sleep pretty well tonight but it's been a lot of fun 
having a, a podcast back on again as i mentioned i haven't done one in five weeks because i really preloaded them i done seven shows and eight days i think when uh, just before i left melbourne and um, it's been a lot of fun having doug on doug i'll let you do all the plugging if you have anything you've written this week that you want to plug in particular but i mentioned already you're on twitter at d nfl and uh, a great follow there because there's lots of uh, nice snippets of insight that you provide on there i've really enjoyed following your account and uh, i'm going to really enjoy i think having you aboard the podcast as well any writing that you've done this week or anything you've coming up in the next uh, few days you want to plug been writing like crazy lately so <laughs> i you know the, my debut article for uh, inside the pylon came out on uh on monday or no i'm sorry it came out yesterday um and it's literally titled why you should take a wide receiver in the first round instead of a running back in redraft leagues uh so i put a lot of stats in there and a lot yeah. of analytics so be sure to check that out uh i looked at the packers inside linebacker situation yeah. going into training camp so it's not really fantasy football related um and uh, I also looked at uh, some of the undrafted free agents that the Patriots went after. Uh, keep this name in the back of your mind, Bryce Williams out of East Carolina. Like him a lot. I think he could be that number three tight end for them. Not saying much uh, for, for you know, being behind Rob Gronkowski and Martellus Bennett. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, just writing away. I'm going to be writing up actually a fantasy outlook for Gridiron Experts soon on Ezekiel Elliott, how he looks in 2016, how he looks beyond that. So I'll be sure to, to make sure I plug that when it's done. And uh, no, but I, 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 I love the experience so far. Like I said, this is the first of a million for us. And um, it's only going to get better as we get closer to the football season and uh, actually into it as well, uh, just with actual football. So. Yeah, it's always good to get to the football, but it's always good from a fantasy perspective prior to the season and we can give all our predictions and so on. Uh, I mentioned earlier too, there'll be some changes to OTI. Everyone knows that the, during the season there was two shows last season. I'd say we'll have two shows again this season. We may even start doing two shows a week in the off-season if any news in that comes up because it's always fun talking. And like Doug's mentioned there, some of the articles he's done, we can get into those in depth as well and talk to them uh, in the audio format as well as getting him to have them in the written format as well. So as always, I'm on Twitter, at Overtime Ireland. It's always better to follow me than on there than my personal Twitter account because that's where I talk NFL rather than on my own page and uh, as always give us a rating and a comment on iTunes uh, Stitcher Tune and all those good ways to listen to the show keep spreading the word of the podcast and until we're back with the next show have a good one thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word this has been an Overtime Ireland production 